You're listening to Year Disrupted. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 19 of the podcast, Year Disrupted, where our mission is to encourage and inspire people to live and work abroad through practical tips, actionable insights, and of course, real life stories. Now, I am very, very excited to introduce our real life story guest today. Her name is Tori Landry. She is not only a creator, she is a world traveler and an entrepreneur, and she has a lot to share with you today. Now, I want to talk about how I met Tori, right? I got invited to a nude live figure drawing, self-hosted party in Medellin, a girls only party. And guess who was there? This wonderful woman named Tori. And she was just so inspiring with how ready she was to sit there, practice her poses, get naked in front of everybody. She exuded so much confidence and little did I know she was making a video about it. And in fact, a whole YouTube channel about facing her fears. So she is going to talk about all of that today and so much more. So without further ado, I'm so excited to introduce Tori Landry. Tori, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. We just finally got a glimpse of summer here in Ottawa, Canada. So I'm super excited that my temperature is back to normal because I came here, I guess, during winter and I've been skipping winters for a few years. So <laughs> it's good that summer is back. I'm happy. How are you guys? That's great. Yeah, we are we've good. Had plenty we, we've of had summer. plenty of summer here in Thailand. So <laughs> yeah, Thailand. Uh, yeah, almost over summer at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, it's just always hot here. So we need to like fuse our weather systems. I think that would be the the best idea. Yeah, totally. I mean, when I got back here, I guess in late March uh, from from COVID, I guess mm-hmm. uh, it was snowing, and I was like, I have no winter clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like, all I have is shorts and t-shirts and summer's clothes. So it was a quite adjustment. But I have to say, there was a part of me that was like, Oh my god, I'm not sweating. I was like, This is nice. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You know, we obviously met you in Medellin and um, we met you kind of like in the middle of your own digital nomad journey. So before we dive back into like your original story and what brought you to this lifestyle, you were in Medellin and then where did you go after Medellin when this whole COVID thing hit? And then um, and then how did you go about deciding to go home? Um, Like what was that process like for you? Yeah, totally. So after Medellin, I guess, which was in January, I left to do a one month long, uh, what do you call that work away uh, in Panama. So while I was kind of doing my online stuff, uh, one of my big dreams was to own my own hostel one day. So I figured before getting involved in owning my own hostel, I'd go volunteer (laughs) with work away for a month. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did that for a month in Panama. And it was so sad to leave. But then two weeks later, that's when it kind of hit. So I made my way through Costa Rica, but Costa Rica is very expensive. So I really just made my way through Costa Rica and and found myself in Nicaragua for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was at that point, uh, everything started to go down and you started to hear about these lockdowns and everything kind of going on. And it was so funny because Every, my, I mean, I heard friends and my parents calling me being like, so what are you going to do? Are you going to come home? And I was like, no, guys, like, I'm definitely not coming home. <laughs> I'm in paradise. 
I'm by the beach. I'm like, nothing's even happening here. It was like, everyone is so calm. And obviously travelers are enjoying themselves and everything really felt like normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess I started to get so much pressure about coming home. And obviously our prime minister was like, travelers, wherever you are, come home. And I was like, yeah, I'm <laughs> serious. Um, and then I guess like I got the call from my mom being like, so are you sure? And then I, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to come home. So it was really like last minute. I booked the flight that night and left the next morning. It was really, um, really a 180 for me. And so the mm-hmm. next thing I know, I was in Ottawa <laughs> um, renting an apartment for the summer. I just took one of like the student housing here because uh, I wasn't sure how long I would be here. So, mm. Yeah, that's funny because like the U.S. State Department was also sending out all these alerts because I follow them on Facebook and I'm on their email list mm-hmm. and, and they were like, any US citizen that's that's <laughs> overseas must return home immediately. It was almost it almost seemed like an order. It was but kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. It was like I'm I'm not sure if like they won't let us in later on. Yeah, what what's gonna that? happen? But then we're like, ah oh, fuck it, let's just stay and see what happens. <laughs> I think it was yeah, and- the US uh, State Department said like any traveler should be prepared to stay abroad indefinitely. And we're like, well, we kind of already like are, this isn't a one week vacation for us. We kind of set out to stay indefinitely. So I guess we don't have to go home, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, we certainly understand what those like frantic calls from parents are like. We got some of those too. Absolutely. No, no. And honestly, I think I was saying this to you guys earlier, um, or another friend of mine, but because uh, I know a lot of digital nomads who did stay where they were. And I think for me at the time, I was doing part of like my exploration kind of travel side of my trip. So it was less like, oh, this is my community and this is my home. Whereas I was in a place in Nicaragua where I was like, all right, let's go sandboarding, like down a volcano. Let's go scuba diving. Let's go surfing. I was just kind of like exploring. And so I had no community. I was on my own. Um, Yeah. And you don't want to get stuck like that, right? If you're somewhere that you feel comfortable or with a community or something like that, it's a lot easier to stay. But if you are, like you said, just enjoying or traveling, it's, you know, that's a hard commitment to get stuck for like an indefinite amount of months. So I don't blame you at all. So before we kind of get into your super interesting mission as a creator, Mm -hmm. as an expert digital nomad, as an entrepreneur, um, we're going to take a little step back um, because there are so many cool parts of you, whether it's a YouTuber, um, possibly a hostel owner one day, all of, mm-hmm. like a, now I just learned you're a diver as well. There are so many awesome, cool things going on with Tori. Um, but so let's just take a step back. Um, long before you mm-hmm. entered this digital nomad world. To the old days. The old days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just take us back to like, you know, even before your first trip, what were you what were you up to at the time where were you working what What was life like yeah Yeah. so from the age of 19 till about 24 so about five six years I actually ran I started my started my own house painting business uh, a local house painting business here in Ottawa Um, so I started that at 19 and I ran that business for two years I had a whole bunch of students university students that were painting for me in the summer and throughout the winter, I was uh, going door to door marketing and talking to people and doing estimates and, and figuring out the cost of how much it would cost to paint their house. And so I did that for a couple of years while I was still in university. 
Um, so I got my a taste of entrepreneurship um, and this independency and my autonomy very early on. And after about two years, I got recruited by a summer management company to actually teach new university students how to run their own business because oh, really? I started so young. So for the following four years, I was a general manager working for this kind of like company that taught university students how to run their own business. So for, I guess, eight months of the year, I taught them everything from marketing sales, uh, how to, you know, how to basically run a business from start to finish. And I worked in field and I worked with them 24 seven kind of on the phone. So I had a team of about 15 to 20. So I've really been running my own business and kind of run, I like being my own boss for the last six years at that time, nice. I guess, before I started. So I was already into the entrepreneurship scene and, and loved doing my own thing and loved the freedom of having some time off whenever I wanted more or less. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was definitely on call 24 seven at that point in time. Um, but I could have a month off when the students, you know, over Christmas holidays, so I took the month of December off. So it was like, for me, that was kind of the norm. And that's when I started to adventure into my first kind of travel experiences. I had a whole month off and I had money to be able to go and start <laughs> doing that. Um, wow. So yeah, so that's kind of where I was at before I started all of this. Okay. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Cause right. You're not only getting experience running your own business so young, but you're also learning how to teach it, which I always heard that the like final step to mastering something is to be able to teach it to somebody else. So I think that's great. Yeah, it was quite okay. a rewarding experience at such a young age. Like, like you said, I was teaching people how to start and run their own business and dealing with their customers and, and just being able to support them. Almost like, I guess I was part coach, but also like I was their strategist. Like I basically worked with them one-on-one -on -one to build their business mm -hmm. away. Like up. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience. I never got the corporate experience. <laughs> I feel like that, thing, I that skill is so important to have, right? Because we talk all the time and, and I, we'll get into this later when we get into the current work you're, you're doing right now, the content you're sharing now. But I think some of the hardest transition between nine to five and running your own business is, is your own head. It's your own like mental obstacles about productivity or being your own boss, not having to report to anyone, giving it your best effort, even when no one's looking. So the fact that you learned that, like, even while you're still in university is great. You didn't have to make that like hard train track switch that I, I kind of did when I got into this life. Maybe you kind of did too. Yeah. yeah. No more bosses to please. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think to some degree as well, like I was everybody, I, I think the big thing, the big transition, at least for me was the, I was someone's like accountability partner. Like I was their coach. Like they mm. were trying to impress me and I also had to impress them. I also had to hold myself accountable to a certain standard because they were counting on me. Mm -hmm. And I had to show up on time and do all of these things because I felt this responsibility, obviously, to uh, to show up for them. So I think when I made the transition into digital nomadism, it was like, okay, wait, nobody's counting on me anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't have that right now. So it was like a transition to be like, okay, I got to stay accountable and be disciplined even when no one's looking. Right. Yeah. So then speaking of uh, digital nomad life, how did that enter the picture? What made you decide to become a full-time digital nomad? Yeah, that was an interesting transition. So obviously I was doing well with this business and I was getting to a point where I was 
actually like really thriving in my in my career I guess as a as a coach and as a like helping these entrepreneurs support their businesses but the thing was is that I ended up losing this passion for it because I no longer felt challenged I no longer felt um, like I was learning anything new and I've realized in myself and this has been the same for the last few years is as soon as I feel like I've I've reached a point where I'm no longer being challenged or learning that I, I lose interest almost immediately. It doesn't matter how much money I'm making or what the opportunity is like, I, I just can't continue. <laughs> um, and so my parents thought I was pretty crazy, but I actually let, I, I stopped my contract with them. Um, and that's when I decided to go and leave for full-time travel and to start <laughs> um, my life as a digital nomad, which, uh, which didn't go so well the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let, yeah. Walk us through that. Okay. So, um, you know, before that's a huge decision. So you had experienced traveling, you had kind of tasted it. You understood what it was like to, to work and, and to be your own boss. So. Um, what what were your plans for that travel? Did you have um, a certain amount of time set aside? Did you know what you wanted to do to s- sustain your income? Had you saved up enough money? Um, what were your like general plans on that first trip? Yeah, so at this point in time, at 24, actually, I had really only done one yeah, one trip out of the, out of, I guess, North America at that point in time in my life. So I actually didn't actually have that much travel experience. And it's funny because when I travel, I meet like these 18 year olds and I'm like, oh my God, I started at 24, you know, like I started so late. Um, But I was, I was eager. I was ready for a new challenge and travel was something that always kind of piqued my interest, but working 60 to 80 hours was never a thing. So I was like, I'm going to try traveling. And I was just, I don't know about you guys, but I was getting bombarded with those digital nomads travel, <laughs> travel around the world and career oh, nine to five. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that was out just yet, but I guess this was what, four or five years ago now. And I was like, I can do this. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I got this. So for me, I had enough savings. Uh, at the time, I unfortunately wasn't, or fortunately wasn't tight for money because I had been working at my own, at my own thing and I was making Mm -hmm. very good money. So for me, I'm also a very frugal person. So that helped. So yeah, I had enough savings. So my first plan was to just kind of jump into uh, overlanding Africa, actually. (laughs) Probably not your first destination (laughs) as a nomad. (laughs) I know, right? looking back, I'm like, wow, I really went for it. Like I went to the hardest place. (laughs) And for anybody who's listening, I don't recommend going to Africa. Um, What country in Africa? Well, honestly, I did eight. (laughs) So I started in, um, yeah, I started in Morocco, went to Egypt and Israel, then went to Kenya, uh, Malawi, Tanzania, Botswana, Zimbabwe, and Namibia, and South Africa. I'm not sure if that was eight. Maybe that was more than eight, but Wow. I mean, you really jumped in. Like you really (laughs) jumped in. Not only is it like your first long-term travel, you're a single woman traveling alone um, and you're just headed into, Mm -hmm. you know, just all these different countries. So not designed for digital. (laughs) (laughs) No, not designed for much travel at all. And to be really honest, like I was like, I want to go somewhere different. I want to go somewhere unique. Like I want to produce. So my, my original plan to become a digital nomad was to become a travel blogger, a blogger. Um, Cause at the time, and I mean, I'm sure to some extent right now too, like blogs were really in and it was just, mm-hmm. 
idea that you can travel and, and just record everything you do. So for me to stand out in this kind of chaos of all these people doing it, I needed to go somewhere different. So that's why I said, I'm going to go to Africa because I can't say I've seen many travel people go to Africa. And so it's like, that was my plan. I was going to become a travel blogger and uh, go to these places that I hadn't actually learned anything from because Southeast Asia at the time was really, really packed with digital nomads. And I was like, okay, right. I could go there, but you know, I want to try and have a different niche and have, you know, come up with some really cool content that maybe I haven't seen before. Um, right. But it turned out to be one of the hardest um, experiences, truly. Um, I really kind of went too far. <laughs> um, I realized why so many digital nomads don't go there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that brought us on some obstacles. What was, what were some of the major obstacles that you experienced? Yeah, well, I think that I was so excited, right? And when you, I'm sure you guys have noticed this too, maybe when you're traveling. I mean, I, I wasn't a long-term traveler. I had only known what a vacationer does and that maximize your two weeks and do as much as possible and experience as much as possible. And I think I took the same approach when I was going through Africa, which was moving frequently, which was doing everything. And I found myself exhausted. I found myself not having the time to actually put quality content together because I was moving so fast. I didn't have the time to really investigate one and then two, really produce quality content that, you know, was going to be worthwhile for people because I was only there for a few days and then here for a few days. And I just had so much content and so many ideas. And I just didn't actually take the time to really commit. You know, I got caught up in the excitement of travel. Um, mm -hmm. like that was, and then the second part of when I got to Eastern Africa was the fact that there was just no Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, really, like I think I went a month without <laughs> Wi-Fi um, because it was, yeah, it was just not, uh, there's no infrastructure for that <laughs> there. I know that sounds like such a, you know, first world problem, but we did experience that in India. Like everywhere we went, we just, we couldn't find Wi-Fi. And, you know, when, when our whole purpose for being there is either like talking about our story or working with clients or like when you have a job to do, whether or not you're even getting paid for it, if it's still a job, if it's still something you set you, your mind to, like having absolutely no Wi-Fi, no matter how hard you try, it's, it's very frustrating. So <laughs> I understand yeah, absolutely. I couldn't even, um, I mean, I had this whole Instagram plan at the time and I couldn't even upload an, a photo to Instagram. <laughs> I really took, I really took it for, for granted that that's not something that's available um, everywhere. And even in hostels, like I would have thought, you know, that would, that would be there, but they were like, no, 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 like it's come and go, you know, <laughs> it was like a real, I mean, I was dealing with a culture shock. Yeah, that was a lot for me right there. And so that really that really slowed me down. Um, and then I just got discouraged along the way. <laughs> Obviously, when you're starting, it's hard. So, Yeah. So how long was your total travel time um, throughout Africa? So my total trip at that point, and there's, a, there's an ending to that. Um, uh -huh. That was not expected, but uh, that was about seven months. So four months Africa, okay. three months in Southeast Asia. Okay. So you kind of ran into your frustrations in Africa, but you you were like, I don't, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue. Let's like, let's just take this party somewhere else. Let's go to Indonesia. Was that your thought process at the time? Or did you know someone in Indonesia or what, um, what called you there? 
Yeah, I had a couple of friends actually from Canada going to Indonesia for the holiday. So they were going for two weeks and I was like, wow, that's gonna be such an awesome, like I needed to see friends. I was already kind of like homesick from being mm-hmm. away for four months. And so they were going and I was like, that's it, I'm going to Indonesia. Um, but something I wanted to add to this story uh, for digital nomads listening or future mm-hmm. digital nomads um, was when I was in Africa, one thing that was really unexpected that happened to me that like made my journey <laughs> even harder was when my laptop broke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was halfway through, I guess, Kenya. Maybe I was in Tanzania, actually. And I actually plugged in my laptop or I plugged in my uh, cord into the wall and it fried everything oh, inside no. my laptop. And so it just wouldn't turn on, but like the cord seemed to be working and I was like, what happened? So it ended up frying my entire battery and just like kind of the whole system inside. And so I had lost all of my content. I lost all the videos that I was making and I hadn't like gone live yet (laughs) on my website. So it was like, I lost everything. And the thing about Africa is like, you look, you know, you look for the Google, uh, you Google um, Apple store. There's one maybe in Morocco and Marrakesh, Marrakesh, but there's, and then one in South Africa, but I mean, this is the whole continent. Um, so I think that was one that again, I wasn't expecting that kind of really threw everything kind of a wrench in my plans. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, seriously. How did you, deal with that like like mentally you know you're dealing with all these frustrations the culture shock your laptop breaks and destroys everything that you've created like how did you and you're alone too I mean I'm sure you met friends but you did this alone so how did how did that impact your your spirits and your your energy and and your determination to keep going Honestly, I was pretty down. <laughs> I was really down uh, that I, I cried a lot because I was so frustrated and I had this big dream and I was sold this idea of like travel and doing all these cool things. And here I was alone. Um, you know, I just lost all this work and I was so frustrated. Um, but to be honest, I, I didn't do the whole thing alone. I actually did join a, a two month overlanding um travel excursion i guess a group trip um from kenya to south africa because there is no infrastructure to bus you know and just kind of do it on your own like we would do i guess in most countries so i was really i guess fortunate that i did have a, a support group um and people that were like all right like you know you're on this trip you're gonna get through it we're gonna enjoy this all together and it's all good and you know, keep recording with your camera and like, you'll eventually have tons of footage. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is great. <laughs> keep going. Yeah. Um, but the, and I think this is important for the story, but I ended up actually the following week getting my wallet stolen and oh, along with God. my credit cards. Oh no. Um, so it was really, I had a real tough go. So I think that's just like part of travel. And I think that is part of like, you know, that comes with the territory, right? You're, you're throwing yourself in a completely different environment and you're not used to packing up and moving all the time. And you're a little absent minded because you're so excited about what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of forget the realities of travel. So I just got like, it was, I think I got hit with that for a reason. It was too late. It was a wake up call for me. And it was just mm-hmm. like, I need to do this differently if this is going to work. So, so it's a good learning lesson. And then I kind of started afresh, uh, in South Africa, uh, Southeast Asia when I like fixed my laptop and got everything mm-hmm. kind of back together. Yeah. 
So that was, <laughs> yeah, it was, was quite it Africa or Southeast Asia. <laughs> Um, was it Africa or Southeast Asia that made you decide that maybe you need need a break and, and go back home again? Yeah, it was in Southeast Asia that I it kind of hit me where I was like, this isn't working. I was like, mm -hmm. um, I also, again, like I said, I was moving too quickly. I think I like overexerted myself in the beginning and was just moving so quickly. I was exhausted. And I was obviously frustrated because of the, the credit cards. And I think I let those things kind of get to me and I just couldn't seem to keep up. And it was like, okay, I need to come back home and just get organized in my head and get organized with what I'm doing. And I think I just overinvested my time too much into travel and exploration because I was so excited right. <laughs> that yeah. I you forgot the whole the point. exploration out of your system. Yeah, because they're two totally different styles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm yeah. I'm so curious about these times um, because I often feel like when we're faced with these really tough moments, um, a lot of times we like blame ourselves, we get depressed. Um, there are all these things that we see as like the symptoms before we see the cause, um, before we can be like, oh, aha, like I have this perspective. I mm. need to just go home. I need to step back from this. But, but the, the journey to that realization can often be tough. Um, so can you, can you talk us through, like, did you feel relieved when you made the decision? Was it something you went back and forth with for a while? Or were you like, did, when you knew, did you know? No, I fought it. I, I was at a point where I was like, I don't want to go back home. This is me giving up. This is me failing. This is, I felt this sense of shame, sense of embarrassment because I had this grand plan, you know, I told my parents, I'm not coming back, you know, I don't know when I'm going to come back, but you know, we'll have to meet each other somewhere in the world. And here I was coming back seven months later, um, exhausted and just not sure what was going on. Yeah. Um, but looking back, Abby, I think the big thing for me was that you have to surround yourself with the right people and especially going into this massive transition. I think the biggest thing I learned while I, I came back to Canada and was like, why didn't that work? Um, and I think it's because I surrounded myself with travelers, to be really honest. Mm -hmm. And travelers yeah. were on vacation. They wanted to, they don't Party spend time day. on their laptops. <laughs> yeah, they're partying, they're exploring, they're trying to maximize every minute. And I fell into that trap and didn't mm -hmm. set myself up with a right community. And I wasn't learning from people who were doing what I wanted to do. So I think really when I look back, it was like I was around travelers who were partying and travelers who were exploring and I just didn't have the, I didn't have the right environment and the right community to really mm -hmm. set myself up for success, which is what I changed uh, when I set forth on my second round of travel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that's so important because I mean, one, seven months is a long time, right? We're almost up to six months and, and we've been tested, man, like on, in the six month journey, like at coronavirus has been a big part of that test, but it, it hasn't always been easy. And, um, you know, that those can be really tough conversations that you have with yourself or with someone else. So I definitely understand. And I think it's, you you probably knew deep down that it was the right decision. And I love what you said about surrounding yourself with the right tribe, because I think if you're around that temptation to just travel and have fun and, and not do the things that you set out to do, 
you will forever kind of be in this internal dialogue. Like, should I do that? Yeah. Oh, could this wait? Maybe I could do this later. And then you beat yourself up later. And then it's just like not a good mental space to be in. So I totally understand that. Yeah. And that's such a good point that, that your first lesson was, was that you were traveling too fast because that's kind of what we realized too, that in mm -hmm. order to successfully live this digital nomad life, you kind of have to slow down and, and spend you know, long periods of time at, at one place so you can actually create a schedule and, and focus on work mm -hmm. while you can still explore the city. So Medellin for us was two months and even that seemed kind of short. Um, you have to spend enough time somewhere yeah. to be boring. Like you have to be like a boring grandma for a little bit and be like, I'm not going to go out tonight. Yeah. And like, I'm going to write my blog. Um, yeah. And it's hard. <laughs> it's it's hard. really hard. It's really hard. It is. Especially when you're in these, like what, you know, you go to fun places for a reason. These are digital nomad hubs for a reason. Like they're, they're fun. The people are fun. There's fun things to do. So it is a challenge. You do have to have like the right mindset and a lot of willpower. Absolutely. And that'll, yeah, that'll bring me to, yeah, I want to share that for sure, I guess a little bit later, but yeah, that's definitely one thing that I've noticed is the willpower and discipline and just yeah. being like reminding yourself about why you're doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I, and the biggest thing I realize is it's not a sprint, you know, it's not about being as much as possible. Mm -hmm. It's about quality. Right. And it's about sustainability and, and yeah, you just have to, you have to have a complete different mindset going into it because it's not a two week vacation. Right. It's not a six month sabbatical. It's uh, it's, it's a lifestyle. So <laughs> you got to really make a mindset, a mindset. Absolutely. Shift. And I think like sacrificing and being able to, like you said, see things clearly is so important. Like I'm definitely sometimes a kid in a candy store with new places, like new friends, new places. Like, yes, that should definitely come before work. Um, but then when I look like, okay, do I want to make this week like a success? You know, I, I don't have to just cram everything in at the same time. Like I can maybe next week will be more of like a social week for me and less of a work week, but this week needs to be the work week. So it's all like, just, you need that perspective and that mindfulness to, to be able to like, look at those things, um, with perspective and, and balance them out. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're just like, we're so used to our parents going on vacation and trying to, you know, maximize the time that we have there um, and just do, do, do. And, and there's also this mentality, right? We live, you know, in, at least in North America and I'm sure parts of the world as well, where it's like more is better, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so this go, go, go mentality. And uh, yeah, it's just not, <laughs> it's just not sustainable. I mean, anywhere, <laughs> but uh, especially while traveling. <laughs> So you came home. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like what you did when you got home and how long you stayed home? Because, you know, spoiler alert, you didn't stay home forever, but, um, <laughs> you know, you, you got back into it. But can you can you walk us through that process of coming back home, getting settled again and then eventually deciding to leave again? Yeah, definitely. I, I think I was very lost at this time. I was confused as to why I couldn't make it work. I was obviously ashamed and I needed money. I just spent a whole bunch of money. And so I figured I, okay, I hate when I, <laughs> I hate when I say these words, but I was like, maybe it's meant to be. <laughs> and I was playing a victim, right? And so I was like, you know, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't do that or I'm not meant for, you know, digital nomadism. 
So I got a job. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening to part one of our exciting interview with creator, entrepreneur, and world traveler, Tori Landry. We had to cut it there because we have so many more exciting things to talk to her about, which will be coming very shortly in part two of this episode. So make sure you stay tuned for part two. And in the meantime, go make sure you check out Tori Landry on Instagram and YouTube. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Bye.